Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. So we are officially live on social media. Today is March 10th. It's Wednesday with another uh, episode, as you'd say, of Reflection Artist Live. We have special guest Jason Otterness, who, if you don't know, um, he's been in the industry, gosh, 17 years. He's been uh, co-owner of Chicago Auto Pros for nine. He's had other detailing businesses. So he's very well-rounded along with uh, his new detail and supply warehouse company. I mean, he's got a lot going on. And if you don't know, he's also got a big name for having the $10,000 detail, which we'll get into later mm-hmm. into uh, the podcast. But um, just want to introduce him and then, you know, get a little background for those of you who don't know who Jason is, you know, how he came up in the industry, where he started, and of course, to where he is relevantly now. So Jason, thank you for being on and I'll open it up to you and giving us yeah. a little backstory. Thank you, Justin. I'm honored to be on. Yeah, my backstory. I have a lot going on. And you said all that. And I'm like, whoo. Yeah, I got a little anxiety. When you hear it, you're like, wow, I got stuff to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been a fun journey. I I started in Atlanta, Georgia, doing mobile detailing. Um, I have a weird love for mobile detailing. I loved when I started mobile detailing because it was just such an, I don't know, it was just such a freeing. It was my first entrepreneur like business that I had for myself. And it was just one of those things where I felt so free doing it. You know, I could just go out there and I was responsible for any money that I made. I didn't have to answer to anybody. You know, it was just a a cool freeing experience. Actually, the way I got into the business is I started at a car wash and I was a sales guy for uh, the car wash and I, you know, greet people as they come in and just show them the different menu of services that they, that we had to offer. And, uh, my manager there was nice enough to let me detail in the back. And I just started detailing cars for friends and family and and really just was that like your first experience with hands-on detailing. Yeah. I never detailed before, you know, I didn't, and this is before YouTube and before Facebook and all the social media stuff. So there wasn't much out there on how to be trained to what what year and age, like what year was it? What age were you? I was 20 years old. It had to be, uh, I think 2002. Uh, when I moved down to Atlanta, Georgia, completely different industry at the time. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know anything about paint correction. I didn't know, you know, it was just, uh, it was just washing cars, just washing waxes at that point and interior details. It wasn't about services. Yep. It wasn't about paint correction. It wasn't about protection even, or ceramic coating, nothing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of unique how I started because, I know a lot of guys go through this and, and now in my, in, in 17 years, I really, I want to give back to the industry. So I try to, anything that I have went through in my own personal business journey, I try to share as much as possible. So like how I got started, I hear guys all the time, you know, like, well, how did you get started? Like, I don't have any money to get started. I didn't have any money either. I had nothing. I mean, I barely had a car that ran, um, I was working two or three jobs at the same time. You know, I had uh, three or four roommates and the way that I got the money, like I didn't borrow any money. I didn't, uh, um, you know, go out for a loan or anything. I didn't have any family or friends to give me money. I actually solicited 
everybody at, at work. So I worked in a restaurant and I put up a sign up list and I'm like, Hey, I'm starting the business. I want to start a detailing business. I need to buy equipment. So I got 20 people uh, through my friends and, and, and coworkers to sign up and prepay for a detail. It was a hundred bucks. So I charged a hundred dollars a detail and I got 20 people to sign up. So I had $2,000 cash uh, to start the business. So I actually went out and I got a, uh, not a lease, but I, I bought a van and I put a small down payment. And with the extra money, I went and bought a vacuum, a cheap carpet extractor, buckets, and enough water and stuff to actually put in the van. I actually had a 55 gallon drum with a sump pump at the bottom and just a garden hose. So I didn't even have a pressure washer. It was just whatever I could buy with $2,000 and I was off. And I kind of learned on those 20 cars that I did, you know, eventually I got some business cards and, and just grew my business as I could. Did you you get feedback from the customers as you went just to kind of get a feel for what the likes and dislikes were and things of that nature since it was all still fairly new that's how i learned i mean literally like looking back on it i don't know why i had no clue what i was doing and i learned by people telling me what i did wrong you know so if i if i missed something or i didn't clean something properly um, i learned by customer complaints and eventually got better and and at that time, that's when I kind of found the auto geek forums. And it was kind of like this, you know, open, I'm like, holy crap, there's other people talking about this stuff. And that's where I really started to learn a little bit more about how to detail the equipment, the proper tools. And then I ended up working with some suppliers, you know, the, the guys that come in trucks and talking to them about different things. That's where I was introduced to clay bar, you know, yeah. the supplier brings out this clay bar and he's like, he's like, do you clay oh. bar cars? I'm like, I'm like, what? <laughs> I've never even heard of a clay bar. What does it do? And you know, that's where he told me, he's like, well, this is a clay bar. This is what it does. You should be using it. So I'm like, okay, cool. You know? So, yeah. And what, in your area at the time, what, what were the box truck distributors as far as the brands that were offering in your area? Uh, there was in Atlanta mm. at the time, it was a, a company called AIM. It's auto, uh, auto industrial marine chemicals that they were supplying. And funny wow. enough, um, I'm in Chicago now and there's a, a supplier down the street who ended up buying them a couple of years ago. So now they're based out of Chicago. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Ironic how things work out, huh? Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They started selling the chemicals. I'm like, this is what I started off using. <laughs> yeah. But I started using off, you know, using those, uh, you know, specific chemicals and, and, and started, you know, with the McGuire stuff and what you could get on at AutoZone, you know, just getting into it, learning as much as I could, you know, in the beginning. So how did that mobile business take off for you over time? And how long were you involved with that? So I ran the mobile business for four years um, and it went well. I ended up with, uh, I started a second van. So with the mobile business, I, I built it up to where, I, I had enough customers where I didn't, and it was mostly just wash and wax and I was doing maintenances and washes at the time, you know, I could make $300 in a day and it was mostly cash and I'd get tips and stuff. So I was pretty happy with that. I wasn't concerned with making any more money. So I was concerned about just having a steady route. So I would go to all these business complexes and offices and I had steady customers where, you know, I do two or three cars at one location, two or three cars at another location. Um, and then I actually uh, worked out a deal with um, like a, a mid-rise building 
where it was like this mid-rise building. They had six different parking lots and, and anywhere from 500 to a thousand cars in each parking lot. So what I'd do is I'd go there in the morning and I'd set up my signs and I have my signs. And it was funny. My, my logo had me on the uh, side of the van with a hose and it was just me smiling. I had a goatee <laughs> at the time. Um, so I'd set up a sign and have me on, with my hose and my goatee. And it just said, um, uh, I think it was just a uh, car wash and detailing services with an arrow. And I'd set up in the corner parking lot and I had to have like, they required me to have like a water containment mat and everything. So I had to do some stuff to get actually set up into this, into this park. Um, so I got set up in the park and I got approval to go in there. So I'd go there in the morning, uh, you know, seven o'clock before anybody got there, I'd set up my, uh, water containment mat and my, uh, my canopy and everything. And I'd have signs pointing to where I am. And, customers would come into the parking lot and they would drop their car off with me and I'd have a little clipboard and, you know, go through my whole spiel. What are you looking for today? And it was mostly just washes and, uh, you know, wash and wax type of stuff. I didn't, wasn't doing any big details. So I could do, I could do six, seven, eight cars in a day and I'd set up and, uh, I did that every day. Uh, and it was great. And then I, then I built it out to a second van and then I had two vans running in, in the area and uh at the time i mean i was young i was in a band at the same time so at nice it gave me this uh opportunity to to work during the day and i'd have band practice at night and if it if we had these small tours that we go on we go on tours for a couple weeks i could take that couple weeks off and just and do whatever and come back and then work so it allowed me to do that you owned your schedule you owned your own money yes and it was awesome um, and you know, I ended up, uh, you know, I met my wife down in Atlanta, Georgia. We ended up having, um, a baby girl and, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of family in Georgia at the same, at that time. So we ended up just, uh, that's how I made it to Chicago. We actually decided, you know, Hey, I wanted all her families from Chicago. My family's from Minnesota. And it was kind of like, you know, let's, let's move up North. Let's be closer to family. It was hard, um, with, uh, with just us and, and the kid and I was working a lot and I was in the band. Um, so it just wasn't a lifestyle that, uh, was going to be suitable for, you know, the family and everything. I'm like, let's move up there. Uh, we'll figure it out. And, and, and eventually started, you know, started over and, and worked for a couple, I worked for a couple detail shops and I actually had an underground uh, in the underground parking garages here in Chicago. It's the largest in the world. And I thought that was just the best idea. I'm like, cause I had this parking lot thing that I had going in Georgia. I'm like, I need a parking lot to work out of. I'm thinking where, where do all these cars parked? They're going to be parked there all day long. And, you know, I should, you know, I can clean and maintenance their cars right there. So I found the, the it was the underground parking, parking garage in Chicago, millennium park. And I worked out a deal there and I had a, a shop there for about a year uh, in the underground parking garages. Turns out it's a lot harder <laughs> to get uh, customers down there. Really? Yeah. You're just not able to approach them as easily? Yeah. You know, they had a lot of restrictions on signage. It's not like I could put a huge sign like, hey, for a car wash. You know, I, I did a lot of uh, different things. Like I put key drop boxes in the lobbies as people are walking out. You know, it's hard to, you know, I'm not imagine you're driving into a a parking garage and you don't physically see anybody and you just have this kind of sign there and you're supposed to trust I'm going to drop my keys in this key lockbox, and then you have to get it. And the the parking garage, it wasn't just like one big parking garage. It was four big parking garages all connected. 
So getting the trust of the customers and letting them know that I was there, you know, they did a couple of things. They did some like email marketing for me, for the, the, the people who had like monthly memberships to the parking garage. Um, and then I would set up in each different garage, like on different days, I'd set up like a little booth with a table and a sign, you know, where people could stop, um, and talk to me about the services that we offered. And of course I went online and I would actually, you know, in the downtown area, I I actually got, um, it was a foldable bike. So they had these bikes where they're just like mini bikes and then you can actually fold them up and you can like put them in the the trunk of a car. So (laughs) I started advertising in the downtown Chicago area and I would literally ride my bike. If it was a few blocks away to the, to the building, I'd go up to the building, I'd grab their keys Um, and they may be in a different parking garage and I'd go get their keys and I'd put my bike in the back and I'd drive it to where, um, I did all the detailing and it was a logistical nightmare. It was just, I ended up just running all over the place and I, it it was starting to work, but it was just so much work running back forth keys, you know, cause somebody would drop off their car or they'd call me from one of the buildings and I'd have to go bring their keys back to them. And I was trying to do this lockbox system. And it was, it was starting to work, but it was still just kind of a nightmare um, logistically. It sounds like you were dialing it in though. I mean, for, for all the restrictions, you were really manipulating the scenario to work best for your business. I was going to make it work no matter what. Um, But it, it ended up being to where the, the parking garage that I was leasing from uh, they were uh, a union And the union actually came into and talked to us and said, uh, you know, I had like two employees at the time and the, and they wanted us to become a union. I mean, it probably would have been the first union unionized car wash in the country, but because I was leasing from somebody who was in the union, they wanted me to be in the union also. And, and they sat me down and explained to it. And, and with the union, if you know anything about unions, you have you have dues, you have insurance you have to pay, and then you have uh, minimums that you have to pay your guys and meetings and all this stuff. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense for me. Like, I, I don't want to be a part of the union. Um, and they actually ended up putting pressure on the the company that I was leasing from. And they said, you know, if, if he's not going to be a part of the union, you know, they were going to start getting, uh, they were going to give them crap for, you know, so they ended up canceling my, uh, my contract with them. So ended up just going uh, mobile for a couple of years. And so it was unfortunate, but it was a learning experience. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you're right though. That would have been really neat to, to have been, you know, the first official, you know, detailer and detailing business that's part of a union of some sort yeah. that could have established a lot of different avenues. But you're right. There's a lot of logistics there and a lot of restraints and a lot of fees. Like that's your yeah. money. Like whatever you could keep in your pocket, that's your money. Other right. than payroll and some overhead. Yeah. The rest of it. Don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch yeah. my money. I have no reason to give it to you. So just because I have a, a stamp or a certificate that puts me in your union, like, nah. Well, that, you know, that money has to come from somewhere and it's going to come from your customers, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Exactly. And you end up up in your prices and that, that creates another issue in itself in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, everything led to, you know, where I'm at now, I, you know, you think back, you don't see it at the time, but everything is kind of, everything happens for a reason. It's a blessing in disguise, you know, it's, it's gotten you to where you're at now. So I look at those situations and the things that I've 
been through. And I'm like, you know what? I had to go through that to get to where I am now. So I don't regret any of the stuff or any of the thing that's happened because everything that I, that I do, I I consider a learning experience. So absolutely. I a hundred percent agree. So once you were on the road for a couple of years, where did you transition from there? From there, I, I worked in a, a body shop for a little bit. Um, and I was doing mobile stuff after that. I bought a truck after that. And uh, I started doing mobile stuff in downtown Chicago. And I quickly realized that, you know, I'm going to move out to the suburbs a little bit. Um, It wasn't working in downtown Chicago. There's just not a lot of space and a lot of room. And there's a lot of restrictions on where you can work and where you can't work. So I was like, you know what, I'm going out to the suburbs. And that's what I did. And I actually, um, I found a body shop that I started working for. And um, through, they were doing a dealership. They had a Mercedes dealership. So I actually started doing all their details from that Mercedes dealership because they did all the body work, uh, bumpers and dents and whatnot, and ended up getting real close to those guys. And uh, it was, again, here in Chicago, it gets cold. And I did that all summer and ended up striking a deal with them. They're like, hey, there's a a building that we're looking at and we want to start a detailing facility. We've been working together for, you know, five or six months. Let's let's start a detail shop together. It wasn't really together. It was their detail shop. I was just managing it. So I said, okay, yeah, let's start the detail shop. Um, And we started the detail shop and we built that out and, and started just doing maintenance details and stuff. Um, This was still probably, you know, this was 12 years ago, probably, uh, you know, so we're looking at what, 2000, 2010, 2009, somewhere in there still. And, uh, ended up running that for a little bit and wanted to be back out on my own. Um, I actually was looking at car washes and this is a funny story. So I wanted to go back out on my own. I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to, I'm working for these guys and everything was going fine, but I want to do it for myself. So I was looking around for like a fixed location and I was looking at buildings and stuff and I didn't have any money at the time. It was like, I was still broke and this car wash was for sale. And I can't remember how much it was. I mean, it was, you know, like $1.2 million and I'm looking at it like, yeah, I'm going to buy this thing. So I actually ended up scheduling an appointment to go look at this, this car wash. Um, like I was going to buy it. I'm like, I'll find the money from somewhere. We'll figure it out. Um, so I went there and the owners were the ones that were actually showing it. So about a half hour, 45 minutes into, uh, their tour of the car wash and they're telling me about it. They actually owned a, a dealership right next door and they actually owned the car wash property. They didn't know what to do with it. It was, they were just running their cars through it. And I'm talking to them and, and you know, I'm telling them my story and where I'm coming from. And then I just ended up admitting that you know, I'm like, hey, uh, I actually I have no money to buy this car wash. I just really want to see it. I'm interested in the business. I want to find some way to get back out on my own and ended up being a manager for that car wash. Oh, and they're wow. like, you know what, you know, like we don't know what to do with this mm. property because they were they were thinking about leasing it. They were thinking about selling it. There was a couple different options. And they're like, you know, if, if you're willing to come in here and, and run this operation for us, we'd give you a chance um, to run it. And I'm like, you know, and they offered me a salary and I'm like, it was more than I was making at the detail shop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, let's, let's give it a shot. They actually, so it was a ton of car wash. And then they had this whole, they had um, self-serve washes and the self-serve washes were so bad. They were abandoned and everything. And, and we brought it up like, well, could we turn those into detail bays? 
because it was a, a dealership and they did it a lot of they did their own cars and stuff. So, so were they not very lucrative from from that spot? Is that one of the other reasons why they wanted to kind of try to get out from underneath it or figure out something different? Yeah, I don't know what they wanted to do with it. I mean, they wanted I mean, obviously them doing their own details and, and the car wash could, uh, could is a, a very good add on to their business of what they already had. They just didn't have anybody to run it for them. So they were looking at options on leasing it or selling it. Gotcha. And, and I came along and yeah, I didn't have any car wash manager experience, but you know, I, I worked at car washes before I knew the business a little bit. I had friends in the business who helped me. And, and uh, so uh, yeah, I started as a manager there and, uh, and we built, you know, we built out free vacuums. We, I built rebuilt like the, uh, uh, the packages and the services. We actually turned those self-serve bays into detailing bays. And, and that's where I came in kind of with the detailing experience. So I got their detailing crew up to, up to snuff and trained them all and started getting into it. And this is kind of, you know, I worked there for about a year and a half and this is where I met my business partner. So my business partner, Greg, who was a co-owner of Chicago auto pros was a chemical sales guy. So he worked for Zep. And he, his job was go to go from car wash to car wash and to uh, sell, sell the chemicals. So he came in, uh, you know, one day trying to sell me the chemicals. And we actually ended up just talking for about an hour and a half about the business. And he was really into car washing, you know, and, and you felt that it wasn't like he, he wasn't trying to sell you stuff. He was like, he wanted to know more about car washing and detailing. And I ended up talking about my background and where I came from. And it, it was funny. We look at it now. We talk a lot. I mean, it really was kind of love at first sight because me, <laughs> we and him were sitting, I remember me and him sitting in the car wash office and we're about 40 minutes into the conversation. And he goes, he's like, do you have to do something? And I'm like, no, this is way more important. I want to talk about <laughs> detailing with you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's how, kind of how we met. And that's awesome. Yeah. And that's, and it kind of went from there. And, you know, as, as we started talking, it was, you know, I was still working for somebody else working at that car wash. Um, I enjoyed what I do, what, what I was doing. And this was probably, I want to say 2011 now, 2010, 2011. So just when coatings were starting to come out and I wanted to bring in coatings into the car wash, I was like, you know, Hey, there's these new coatings out. I wanted to try them. And the owners of the car wash weren't real receptive of it. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't think anything of it. And, and it was kind of, you know, I was at that breaking point again. I was like, you know, I'm working and it was for super new. Else. So it was a chance yeah. that they had to take a risk. So I was working for somebody else and I, I wanted to get back out on my own again. And I was, and I met Greg and I, I told him kind of my dreams and aspirations of what I wanted to do. And he ended up, he worked for a bunch of different uh, car washes across the city. And he actually, he said, well, he's like, well, I got a guy who's looking to rent out two bays. He's like, and it's an express tunnel car wash. He has two bays. He's not doing anything with it. You know, I could talk to him and see if, uh, see if he'd be willing to rent those out. And he was. So we ended up, you know, I'm like, and, and at the time too, me and Greg were just talking. He was just trying to help me. He wasn't, you know, we weren't talking about doing it together at the, at the time. And I was still in a position, I still didn't have any money to start this. You know, I didn't have money to buy the equipment um, and anything. So I was still like, I just, 
I needed, I needed financial backing. And I asked my parents, I asked a couple of people and I couldn't get any financial backing. And that's when I, and I, I, I wanted a partner too. So I ended up asking Greg, I'm like, you want to partner with me on this? You want to do this? And he was still, he still had a full-time job. Um, and he said, he said, yeah, he's like, I'll give it a shot. You know, we worked out a business plan and worked out a, a partnership agreement and everything. And, and that's kind of where Chicago auto pros was born right there in that two bay shop, you know, and we just started, I mean, it was just me, um, in a computer in a two bay shop and we had some equipment and just, you know, we were getting customers from the car wash. So we were doing express services, like just express waxes and, and stuff like that. Interior details. We ended up doing uh, some dealership work, uh, getting dealership work in. And that's how we ended up getting kicked out of that place. We got kicked <laughs> out, uh, within about four or five months because I had, oh. I had about 15 cars in the parking lot and it was only like the the parking lot only held held like four cars. So <laughs> that's dealership work, right? They were dropping them off on you. Yeah. yeah. Tell me when it's done. <laughs> yeah. So that, that car wash operator ended up, he's like, you guys can't have all these cars here. It was getting a little crazy. And right down the road, we, we were working for another dealership who actually ended up having like a 4,000 square foot shop that was available. And we ended up just moving down the road um, after like five or six months of being at that car wash. Those two bays, <clears throat> what was the square footage on the two bays you were working out of? Uh, I think it was like 800 square feet or something like that. I mean, it wasn't very much. But um, you made it happen and you were still growing with 800 square feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where we started. I mean, I, I was doing window tinting on those two bays, too. It was like, you know, we, we took anything that would come along at that stage of it. We're just, you know, so, yeah. So from 800 square feet to 4,000 square feet. And then the facility that you had with 4,000 square feet, how, how long were you in there until you outgrew that location? Uh, we were in there for several years. Uh, I want to say uh, four, uh, four or five years we were in that location, probably four. Um, but it's funny because when we started in that location, we were trying to do an assembly line type detailing style. And we were going to do like our focus was dealerships at that point, you know, cause that, that was the work that was coming in. Yeah. And we figured if we can do this assembly line and, you know, have two guys prepping it, two guys doing the interior, two guys doing the exterior and one guy checking it, like we can just, you know, start, n you know, knocking out cars, um, ended up being any efficiency gain, uh, of the assembly line method that we're doing wasn't enough to, overcome the the cheap dealership prices it just wasn't you couldn't do enough cars to actually make a decent living and, and cover the payroll and and because obviously when you're doing more cars you need more employees and it yep. just it just didn't scale very well so we quickly found out okay we need to we need to start working on clients cars you know retail cars because it was it was almost double the price of of the regular detailing and that's when ceramic coating came out too. And that's when we started doing a couple of ceramic coating jobs. And I remember like, you know, Matt pricing for some of these coatings that were coming out, it was like three ninety nine, and, you know, four ninety nine, And we were just, we were ecstatic. Like somebody's going to pay us $500 to do yeah. a car. Yeah. I'm like, this is crazy. And were you still including any level of like uh, 
polishing or correction with that price too just to yeah get, that, that just was, so you could get the job that was paint correction included <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's i mean for that time that was good money i mean and that and when you're coming from like what you said with the dealerships and them not paying a whole lot and the amount of work you had invested and then you look at these other cards you're getting where you're getting you know two three times the amount and probably nowhere near the amount of work invested you're like yep. yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, I mean, yeah, it was like a, an eye opener and we were like, holy crap. Now I remember thinking like me and Greg were sat down cause he always did the numbers and he'd come back to me month after month and tell me how many dealership cars we did, how many retail cars we did. And this is our bottom line. And we were talking and, you know, we would do after our first one, he's like, if we can just get two or three of these coatings a week or a month, He's like, he's like, we'd be doing really, really well, <laughs> you know, and it's funny to think back. Cause now we're doing, you know, in this shop, we're doing two to three, four coatings a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. How you look back at that. I, I, I remember my early years of thinking that per month, like, man, this would be awesome getting outside <laughs> of this normal common detailing and getting into this more paint correction and coatings and being able yeah. to get just a couple jobs a month. That'd be, be great. Now you look at it today relevantly and you're like, wow couple of yeah. day, quite a few a week, like yep. way better. And that, and that was the norm, right? Yeah. Now it's like the thing that people ask for is to where I'm sure your early years, how was that trying to have to explain why they needed a coating versus what they're used to hearing as a waxer or sealant? I'm sure that was a difficult uphill battle like everybody else. Oh had. yeah. I mean, I mean, as you know, when coatings first came out, um, there was a lot of misinformation you know, I, I remember using hard candy shell a lot. <laughs> it's like a hard candy shell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, think of it that it, way. It, yeah. it mentally gets you, you know, where it illustrates yeah. for them to make them be like, ah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's really one of the reasons I started the YouTube channel is just to show our potential customers what this stuff is and the difference and the before and afters and, and how we're doing that. How, how are we different? You know, just showing that that on a on a video um, really changed everything for us. And do you think also with adding the coding services and evolving with codings and correction that that helped contribute to your growth of moving from the four thousand square feet to facility to where you are now? Right, that was the next move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our next move. Yeah, we actually got a second shop which was about ten thousand square feet, and we added on other services. So we added on paint protection film we we added uh window tint in the mix and now we do vinyl uh we work with some subcontractors doing dent repair and then uh wheel refinishing too so yeah as much as we can to offer our customers and that's yeah it's it's a huge advantage to be able to come to a shop and have all those protection services done at one location now with um this day and age, I'm seeing a lot more detailers finally adding different revenue services, which is awesome. And yeah. I think I think the whole pandemic issue that created that opportunity for a lot of people to think outside the box, yep. which I'm, I'm so ecstatic to see that happen in our industry because so many of us like yourself have been preaching about different avenues of, of services and revenue, how it could help you other than just focusing on shiny paint. Yep. And um what do you think the biggest learning curve was between window tint and paint protection film? Which one do you think was more of more time and money that just went down the drain to learn it and get it right? Yeah. I mean, well, paint protection films is going to cost you a little more to learn it. Um, so for me, window tinting, I actually, I went to window tint school back when I was doing the mobile business. So I actually went to window tint and dent repair school in Florida 
at the time. And, and quickly I did dent repair and I sold the tool as soon as I got back to Georgia. <laughs> and I was like, that's not for me, but I continued doing window tinting for a while. Um, and, and both those services, both paint protection film and window tinting, um, it's a lot different than detailing. Like detailing, I feel like almost, you can almost teach anybody how to detail, how to clean a wheel, how to polish paint um, in a relatively small amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, with paint protection and window tint film, you can teach them the fundamentals, but a lot of it's muscle memory and practice and repetition. So anytime we have somebody that we're training for window tint, I mean, it's a, I can teach you exactly what to do in three to five days, but for you to be good at it and efficient and have put out quality work, it's repetitive practice. I mean, it's going to take you six months to a year to be able to become, you know, to, to call yourself a professional, you know, in the, in those learning moments, that learning curve there, it just takes time. You know, you're, you're, when you're first doing cars, you're, you're throwing away a lot of film and it just takes time to learn how to do that. So it, for you to think that you're going to take a window tinting class and then go back and start taking customers, you can, I mean, I recommend working on your family's car and in, in, in your, your own car and just getting a lot of repetition. Banging out two front windows all the time, left and right. Then yeah, that's, that's pretty straightforward. But once you start into the full cars, back windows, windshields, and all the weird bubbliness of the glass, then it's a whole nother learning curve. It just takes, and every car is different, you know, every back windshield's a little bit different. <laughs> and yeah, you run into a problem every once in a, you know, you get these cars with the, the big seals and you're like, oh, I knew how to do that, you know, easy Honda Accord, but this BMW is way harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> with, with, everything, you know, moving forward and your growth, at what point in time were you able to have that confidence and be able to present, you know, to where you got to where, what people, a lot of people know you for, for that $10,000 detail. You had a huge article on it. So how did that happen? I mean, where did that, I mean, explain to people how that even was a possibility. Um, the $10,000 detail. I wish I would have been able to come up with a better name than the $10,000 detail. <laughs> the $10,000. It's self-explanatory. It's pretty self, you know, it's funny. Like I have a video on it. I mean, a lot of people have probably seen the video, but I feel like, I, and I've done a couple different videos. I've done a video with a name in it, $10,000 detail. And I've done a video where I didn't name it. And the comments are way different. You know, really? just the fact that I was charging $10,000, people didn't understand that. And I think that came from um, just, I wanted to, sometimes you don't know where to stop when you're a detailer, you know, um, where do you stop? And, you know, this is undercarriage, you know, you start thinking about doing, okay, I'm going to clean the undercarriage. Okay. You clean the undercarriage, but what about polishing all the metal work? What about protecting all the metal work? What about getting on the floor in the rocker panel? What about, uh, the interior stuff. What about, you know, like all the protection options on the interior trim or polishing the interior trim and all the plastics. It, it's really a detail that I wanted to like, I didn't know if there was a market for it. And I don't think there is a huge market for it uh, after we put it out. But like, I just wanted to be able to take a car and do everything I possibly could to it, correct it, fix everything I can restore the paint and everything I possibly could on the car 
and then protect everything from like the undercarriage, the wheels, to the calipers, to the suspension, to the arms, to the wheel wells. And, you know, just every little button, every little bolt, it was just kind of a, you know, an idea. And so I just went with it <laughs> like most of my ideas. And you, you did it. You, you've yeah. gotten, gotten a few of them at this point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. So a lot of the work that comes into Chicago auto pros is, is close to or over $10,000 with some of the paint protection film and stuff that we're doing. Um, and we do it a lot. Um, but I don't, we don't advertise that $10,000 detail a whole lot. You know, it, it's hard for, that's why I just want a different name for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The concourse level or whatever it may be, but yeah. you're right though, with having all those additional services, it is actually easier to achieve your, your, your ticket to, to that or better because those services contribute as one big total service for the business and yeah. you know, all that nowadays, it's, it's easier to reach those numbers. And I think again, that to my point of why people have added window tint or paint protection films, because they're seeing that that yeah. they're hitting a cap with detailing. You know, right. a lot of them are only able to based on their market, their capabilities, whatever the case may be with those variables that they're hitting caps. And they're like, wow, what can I do to do more? Oh, I could add paint protection, but I'm not going to windows it now. Whoa, yeah. the bottom line is much greater. You know, yeah. now, now they're doing a lot more with their revenue and they're able to do have more options, right? Yep. Living options, business expansion options, whatever the, their vision is, they're able to fulfill it a lot better for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And that detail, I just, I think I wanted to create something where um, an affluent person with show cars, a collection could just say, you know what, I just, this is my, one of my prized possessions here. I want it forever. I want you to make it look as new as possible and protect everything on it. And I just wanted something easy to say, you know what, just give me the best give me everything you got and don't stop until every bolt is clean. And that was that kind of, that was my thinking behind the detail. And that's that specific customer because obviously yeah. not, that's not a fit for every customer. That's not even a budget for the majority. Right. Of no, customers. it's not. <laughs> so, but I'm sure you've had some, some verbal feedback and kickback on that, yeah. you know, just because, you know, just, Oh my gosh, you know, the, just even on regular services, sometimes you just get that. Why pay that much attitude? So yeah. I can only imagine what, what some people have, you know, expressed verbally just out of opinion, not yeah. knowing what it was or what was involved. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Go look at the comments. Yeah. <laughs> that, that. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> now with, with, with that success and everything kind of in motion, you know, you got yourself more involved on the distributor uh, yep. vendor side with, um, what was it the, the car supplies warehouse? Yep. So, Explain to me, how did, you know, what got you into wanting to go that route? Um, so we have two locations. We were thinking about doing a third location. Um, if we did a third location, we would want to do it in downtown Chicago. And there's a lot of challenges when it comes to putting a detail shop in a big city like that. Space challenges, money challenges. Um, and at the time, you know, we were tossing around doing the supply side and Alan from AM details, who's another YouTuber. I was talking to him at the time and, and he ended up, you know, uh, we talked to each other about his products. He, he didn't have a U.S. distributor. So I, you know, I said, you know, would you, can I be the U.S. distributor? Can I bring the products over and, and try to sell them for you? And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. 
And I was originally just going to do his products on a site. I was just going to do AM Details USA and just bring his products in. And as I started thinking about it, well, why don't I have other products too, like have towels and brushes and, and whatnot, and just kind of snowballed and like, okay, why don't we just do a full on e-commerce store and see where it goes. So that's kind of what we were thinking instead of doing a third location, let's try, let's try the e-commerce store uh, and see what that is involved. At the time I was looking for, you know, when you think about doing a, a, a another location, it's who's going to run it. You know, it's me and my business partner, Greg, we have two locations. We can kind of be one or the other, you know, we can split it up and yeah. we got a third. Okay. Well, who's that person to run it with more, more employees, uh, more responsibility, more pressures of it. Well, let's think of something that's maybe a little easier to, uh, to start, maybe a little less responsibility in the uh, labor aspect of it. And, and what's scalable because a, a, a detail shop business is not that scalable you're only pulling from a 20 mile radius maybe a 30 mile radius of of customers and and i i loved the thought of being able to sell to people across the world you know offer yeah. services it's such a different type of 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 marketing uh you know mentality and i was you know because we're we're marketing to people in our neighborhood or local organic like yeah and i'm like and I love marketing and, and we, uh, with the YouTube channel growing, we were, you know, we were pointing people towards products on Amazon and everything. I'm like, let's just start it and see where it goes. And that's kind of how it started. And it's been fantastic. Uh, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a way different business than, you know, the service business, the hands-on business, um, you know, with the competition and the internet and everything, it's pretty cutthroat. It's a lot yeah. different than, uh, than I thought it was going to be. It's, uh, uh, it's very expensive, all the inventory you have to hold and, and, and do that. So it's, uh, um, it's one of those things where I think like the, the momentum, the hill to it is just a lot steeper climb. <laughs> you know, there's a, the, the climb is a lot longer before you see that return on it. Are you doing anything out of any of the locations in regards to sales on site with the products? Yeah, both the, both the sites, both the lobbies carry products in the front. Um, you know, actual, the car supplies warehouse is in our Lombard location. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah. so customers can order online and they can pick it up right from Lombard. Um, so that's nice. In the other location, we do have the lobby and we have uh, a bunch of shelves with a bunch of products that are, that are selling up there. But um, we're going to move that out. So we're actually, there's, this might end up being a couple hours long. Yeah. <laughs> tell you about all the stuff that we got going on with car supplies warehouse, you know, with the videos that we're doing and everything, I've really fallen in love with helping people and sharing our story and how we've become successful in this business. So we actually started a group called detail wise pro and detail wise pro is a, uh, a group where we share exclusive content. Me and my business partner share exclusive content in videos, podcasts, checklists, uh, guides, different things that we're putting together on what we've done in our own business to get to where we're at. So we want to share that with people. So we're sharing that through our DetailWise Pro group. Uh, when you're in the group, you get uh, free shipping from Car Supplies Warehouse, and then you're automatically into our wholesale uh, plus account. And, and then we do live Q&As each month, just private Q&As with, with all the members. And then we have a special member chat. Um, and then along with DetailWise Pro, we have DetailWise Academy. So we have in-person training. 
So if you're a DetailWise Pro member, you get a special discount off of the in-person training. And we have guys come in and we've done a couple big events where we have uh, multiple, you know, 20, 25 people come in and we, we do hands-on training, technical training, paint correction, uh, how-to stuff. And then we do business training along with it. And then we've started some custom one-on-one individual training with the stuff. So I really, I'm at a point where I want to give back to the industry. You know, I've, there's only so long that you can detail. And I feel like I have some issues with my wrist and my arms and my knees and my back and everything. So it's really, um, I still love detailing. I, I have a passion for it. I like to do it, but to physically do it every day, I know that's not sustainable. Um, so I want to give back. I want to, I want to start teaching guys how to run their business. And that's our focus and, uh, is how to run your business. Cause I, I've been, I, I, when I was in the underground parking garages, I, I met another business owner and, and I was talking to him about my business and marketing and getting customers and everything. He's like, he's like, I'll tell you what, Jason, he's like, you know, you can make the best burger in the world, but if nobody knows about it, you're not going to sell very many of them. And it just kind of hit me to where this business is all about marketing and getting customers. And I know that a lot of us that come into this business are technical. We come into this because we love, love cars. We love detailing. We have a technical mindset. We love working with our hands, but we lack the business skills to be able to grow a business, build a business, have a customer base, have a process laid out and have a plan for it. So that's really what this detail wise pro group is all about is just teaching individuals that are coming into this business or who are or even in the business right now who want to accelerate their growth in their business and kind of learn from what we've done that's what we're just sharing what we've done in our business and this is how, what's worked for us and these are the mistakes that we've made don't do this stuff <laughs> yeah. no and that helps when you have like the background that you've shared and the success of Chicago Outer Pros being so well known amongst those who know what's going on in the detail industry. And then you offer feedback on how to help get them there based on your personal experiences. That's just more credibility to them to listen to you intently listen to you, you know, because as you know, and I know that if you get somebody to try to talk to you about detailing, but they've never picked up a polisher for me, I'm just like, it goes out. It's like, you're going to tell me about how to detail, but you've never picked up a polisher. Yeah. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I can't listen no more. It just doesn't yeah. fit for me. It's it's not comfortable. Now you give me a background story and let me know your success as credibility. Then I'm like, I'm all ears. Right. And that, and that I think will add more to the success of detail wise and the Academy and everything of that nature, because you have that to come to the table with as your arsenal. Yeah. Like, listen, I've been there, done that. I can relate. I got you. Yeah. Well, with the advancement of everything and ceramic coatings and paint protection film, I just think there's a, there's a lot of opportunity in this industry for guys. There is. There so. is. And I could definitely tell you that this, this whole ceramic coating thing, you know, your, your time frame of getting involved, my time frame of getting involved in those early years, it has contributed to being able to be more successful when you dial in. Yes. The application, that's the easy part. That's the byproduct. It's the business side on how to, offer, sell, and show the benefits on why they want this so they could yep. spend the money and yep. with you versus the competitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's where it becomes a chess game. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So back to car supplies warehouse, it's, uh, it's grown a lot and we need to move it out of our Chicago water pros location here. So, um, I have a problem, Justin, <laughs> and I think a lot of detailers have this problem too. It's, it's, it's not being able to say no. And that comes in a, a lot of different forms. I have a hard time saying no to any jobs. That's why I don't work the front desk anymore. Cause they, uh, I'll say yes to everything. Yeah, we can take it on. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah. I'll spit it in. Don't have time, but we'll still take it. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and I have a hard time saying no to myself, my ideas that I have. And I feel like I have a lot of good ideas, but you, you can't do them all. And one of the good ideas that I've had recently uh, was, well, we have to move Car Supplies Warehouse out. We know that there's not enough space. And, and Car Supplies Warehouse um, right now is not profitable enough to pay its own rent or pay for a building. So I have a business coach and he kind of challenged me. He's like, well, you got to figure out if you, you know, we've been looking at buildings and stuff and I found a building that we actually want to buy. And it, it, it's actually a lot cheaper to buy it and pay a mortgage than it is actually to rent it. And that's kind of why we're looking to buy. And he's like, well, you got to challenge yourself and what are you going to do with it other space to make money? How can you get that building for free? So I was like, you know, so I thought about that for a couple of weeks and I had a couple ideas about, you know, car storage and, uh, you know, maybe taking on uh, warehousing for other companies and stuff. And I had a couple ideas and, and, and Greg's always had an idea of doing a, uh, a self-serve car wash, but for detailers. So inside a DIY detailing base. So, so we came up with that idea. Well, how about we, uh, to, you know, get this building. We only need half of it for where we're at with car supplies right now. And the other half, we can put four or five bays that we could rent out to customers and other detailers. They can come in here and rent it by the day, the hour, by the week or whatever, and have a facility that they can work out of like a self-serve car wash, but it's dedicated to detailers. You have the nice lights. It's inside. Uh, you have a nice pressure washer. You don't have a brush on the wall. You have access to polishers and extractors. You could rent them right from our facility. So that's our next step here. We're looking for a building uh, for Car Supplies Warehouse, and we're actually going to do four or five DIY detailing bays nice. out of them. Because I think yeah. for our customers, like we don't offer car washing anymore. And it's a really uh, a huge pain point when you're detailing a car and, you, and they just spent whatever, a lot of money on us making their car perfect and they ceramic coat it. And they're like, okay, what do, how do I care for it? Where do I take it now? And we're like, uh, don't bring it back here because we don't want to wash it. <laughs> so well, I mean, you have other maintenance services though. They're just not yeah. the smaller things that tie up yeah. time. Gotcha. We do, we do car washes for our existing coating customers. We do a monthly membership, but any, anybody who wants a car wash, um, that hasn't gotten their services done here, we don't, we don't I'm the same way. I know if you're an existing customer, you get, you get maintenance services as much as you want, as, as often yeah. as you want to spend money with us. But if I've never seen you before, we've never worked on your car. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard. The way you're set up in a detail shop, it's hard. The margins aren't there. You know, because in a, in a car wash, a tunnel car wash, you have the volume that's going yes. through and it works. Like if you could have a, a hand tunnel car wash on a conveyor that works, you can get that car out within whatever, 15 minutes. But here, you you know, you have a 
a customer coming in, you have to talk to them. You have to fill out an invoice. You know, you have a front office person, then they got to bring it back to uh, the, the preppers and they have to do their thing. And, and the hand car wash is an hour if you're doing the inside. Um, and it's just not, you can't get the volume to make the numbers work. You have to either charge a, an astronomical amount for a car wash. You're charging $95 for a car wash. And people are like, it's just a car wash. You're, you're charging yeah. $95. Well, that's the way we do it. And we're set up. That's what we have to charge to be able to make a profit, you know? So it's, it doesn't make sense for the customer. doesn't make sense for us to do so. There's that side of it. And there's the side of, let's face the facts. It's most of the majority of the people who just want the wash and vacuum aren't the right customer for the business. The worst reviews come from car wash customers who expect way too much. Oh yeah. A car wash. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the problem. You're, you're walking into a, ter- a muddy territory. Yeah. You, you're just, you're, it's just going to get mud on you no matter how light footed you are. Yep. You know, and you just, it's better just to stay away from it and not deal with it. And you don't want to taint your reputation just because of picking up, you know, pennies over dollars. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we that was a hard lesson that we learned over COVID, because uh, during during uh, COVID when that when it first came out, we eliminated car washes, and we saw our bottom line go up yeah. because we didn't need as much labor. We didn't have the, all this, you know, in and out. I mean, because we were doing eight or nine car washes a day, it's a lot of people in and out, in and yeah. out. We needed an extra office person just for the car wash customers. And it was a real eye-opening experience. So those months after we stopped doing car washes, we're like, holy crap, we stopped doing that service and we're making more money. Yeah, it frees up time. And, and yeah. you know, even if you've got a process in, a, in an assembly line, it's still a better half of the day for that many washes. And the better half of that day could have been put into a bigger service that was yep. more profitable. And then boom, that's, and that's why the bottom line ended up probably jumping on you. Yeah. Yeah. So it was real eye opening for us. That's awesome. So, customers don't like it. <laughs> no, no. I, and I get it, you know, and with, even with my shop, like we don't do motorcycles, Marine or RVs, strictly automotive. Yeah. And even when it comes to that, after you've gotten a service by us, yes, we'll provide you with a maintenance service, but that other stuff to me is more of a car wash motto. Yeah. quick service kind of scenario. And if they want that, there's 10 other locations within 10 mile radius that could provide that. Yep. Exactly. So, you know, why, why try to compete with that? It's like trying to compete with Walmart to do headlight restoration. You know, it's just, you're not going to win. <laughs> right. So, yep. But we are, and there's a lot of content and I appreciate it as far as being on with me because we covered a lot of ground, but we are at a time frame in regards to that hour for the podcast. And yeah, for that, is there any um, anything that you could give to people who are listening as far as words of advice that, that would help people? I know you've given a lot already, <laughs> uh, but and I've even you know reiterated some things in my head, which is always nice to hear. But yeah. is there anything you could do in regards to words of advice that you can give to the people who are listening and watching? Yeah, um, I, I, I got lots of advice I could talk. I love talking about this. And I, I really do. I love motivating people as much as possible. Um, patience is 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 something that that I've never had. But I'm learning to have it. And it's really important because I, I, I talk to a lot of guys who I'll talk to for a little bit and that, you know, how do I get more customers or how do I, you know, it's not working. It's not working. And then I asked them how long they've been in business. And they said, I started in June. <laughs> okay. You've been in business for four months <laughs> and you're okay. You know, and it's hard And looking back, you know, it's kind of the same way. It's just 
it, this is a unique industry. There's a lot of opportunity. If you can stick with it, if you can have patience, if you can work hard every day and, and develop um, a, a reputation and get your name out there. And it's, it's just, it's, it's not an overnight success. It's small bites one day at a time, one week at a time, one year at a time, you know, you get up, you do as much as you can every day, um, on, on developing your business and getting your name out there, getting your story out to people, um, and, and getting your process and, and it will work. I promise you it, it, it works. If you have the patience and the work ethic, um, it, it, it works. Just keep it, keep going. Yeah, no, 100% agree. I mean, that's any, any athlete, anybody of success as an entrepreneur, movie stars, artists, they all had to start somewhere. They started, yep. with the, started with the small jobs and worked their way into the big jobs. But you're right, there is no overnight success with that. It's patience. Yep. Yeah, 100% agree. And how, as a plug, how would people find you, Chicago Auto Pros, and the Detail Supply Warehouse? Yeah, uh, carsuppliswarehouse.com, Sorry. Sorry. Chicago Auto Pros. Car Supplies. Uh, carsuppliswarehouse.com yep um chicago auto pros youtube page um and then detail wise pro if you go to carsuppliswarehouse.com we have all the information on our detail wise pro group and then our wholesale programs on the site and uh, that site there is you know our motto is tested proven packed so i love doing videos and testing products and uh you know that site is a collection of products that i would use in my own detail shop. So they're proven products that I would use, you know, with myself and Chicago auto pros. So, you know, they're good. Yeah. Well, and you know, personal experience too, with being in the industry and watching your content, you have a lot of rich content that's on YouTube and your channels and things that you are a real person, you know, and, and being able to spend personal time with you and get to know you and, and see that it's, a lot of people that only get to see you online, they yeah. got to realize that you are authentic and everything you do is that way. Yeah. And we definitely, you know, as a detail community and seeing that, appreciate it. And, uh, and thank you for being on and taking your time out of the day too, to be able to spend an hour with me and get your story across to those that hopefully you inspired multiple people to I know so that <laughs> they can bust their ass and get there, especially in the time frame that you did it. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause you have a very, very respectable and large operation and um, it's very neat to see that and even further Jason. grow more, which is awesome. <laughs> so, no, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast, man. Thank you. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you. And uh, thanks everybody for watching. This again was episode 19 for the Reflection Artist Podcast, which you can find on all the podcast platforms. You can visit the Buff and Shine social media page, the Reflection Artist social media page, and find uh, any of our previous podcasts along with this one with our special guest, Jason Otterness of Chicago Auto Pros. Thanks again, Jason, and everybody else. Take care. Later, guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing. Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detail and arsenal.